It's time for a podcast. Hey, welcome. Welcome to Some Assembly Required, where we take the Anabaptist look at different things coming from Scripture and looking at uh, what God is doing in the world today. And yeah, that's right. I'm the guy introducing it today. <laughs> and, Uh-oh. Uh, but I, I think uh, I think your job is safe, Nolan. I think you're a lot better at it than me. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Well, we'll see. We'll get them to vote by the end. <laughs> Call in your vote now. <laughs> <laughs> there you yeah, go. Yeah. There you go. So today, I'm in the hot seat because uh, this past Sunday I had the opportunity to share a word from God on the Sunday service. So. And what a beautiful story. I, I'm a little jealous that you got to tell that story and preach on Are it. Uh, as um, he did a beautiful job talking to us about Ruth and the mm. beautiful story ah. of redemption and righteousness. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's so much there, isn't there? There is so much. Uh, it, like you said, it's a beautiful story, but it is hard to kind of get it all in in one take. Yes, it within is. Within 20 to 30 minutes, so. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. That That is, uh, many people have spent uh, several weeks going through a book mm-hmm. like that, and you had to do it in one. One sitting. One setting. Yeah. Sitting. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, the interesting thing about Ruth is, um, is how she gets involved in the story. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's about uh, Elimelech and mm-hmm. and Naomi mm-hmm. as uh, they they move away from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they become uh, refugees. Yes. Yeah, it's in our modern context we would say that. I mean, when we read the Bible more often than not, we kind of glaze over those facts. But they are refugees in a time when there is no Red Cross, yeah. uh, no you know a World Vision or any of these kind of organizations. They are you know, kind of hitchhiking all the way across the desert into Moab, which was pretty much a desert area. Yeah, uh, Moab. There's there's nothing nice about Moab. It's just uh, no. desert and that's where they a, were when they were wandering in the desert. They went through that area, and yeah. so uh, it's not fun. I've I've only I've never crossed over to where Moab was. I went to the very boundary when I was in Israel, but uh, it's really hot out there, yeah. and so. I honestly wonder how they even found enough food there for them to eat. But yeah. And it wasn't just, uh, it wasn't just the two of them. Uh, the mm-hmm. two sons went with them. So the yeah. whole family uh, yeah. in refugee, what you say, status today. Yeah. And, uh, but it didn't go well, did it? No. So within the beginning of the story, we find out real quick, uh, Elimelech dies, which is really devastating to a family, especially if the guys, the boys are younger. Yeah. Um, we have some idea that they're probably not younger i mean you can infer that they get married relatively soon when they go there because they marry moabite women right. which is actually technically wrong in Le- mm-hmm. uh, levitical law so but uh they're in the land and so they get married they probably got married to help provide for the family yes. uh, and to start a family of their own so yeah and uh you have malon and kilion are their names so of the sons and five years later after their dad dies and they also die so, uh, so dad passes away. We don't know why, but mm-hmm. dad passes away, and 
so that's a whammy. And then mm-hmm. the two sons, who I'm sure worked very hard to provide for everybody, mm-hmm. they die. So that's the double whammy. Well, yeah, almost a triple because it's two of them. So. That's true. That's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that leaves uh, Naomi mm-hmm. with these two daughters-in-law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they're kind of probably staring at each other's feet thinking, well, what do I say now? Yeah. What do we do? Yeah. I mean, in that time period too, um, sadly for women, uh, they didn't have a lot of rights. Um, they were living in a foreign land again, so they probably had even less rights compared to the Moabite people mm-hmm. who were actually their ancestors. Um, now the Ruth and uh, Orpha is the other woman. Mm-hmm. They uh, may have had a bit more rights because they're Moabites, but still not very many in that time period. Uh, and it's really sad, actually. Uh, while the Book of Ruth is a major story about righteousness, um, we see a major tragedy that occurs here. And I feel like sometimes when we want to talk about good things in the Bible, we don't really want to reference the tragic tragic parts that come up. Uh, but usually through them, God does amazing things, right? Well, these guys uh, providing for their family, but apparently... Uh, they must not have owned their own land. They must not have mm-hmm. had livestock, the, mm-hmm. the things that would have been the cash of the day, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it's highly likely, though, that to even support the trip, they're renting out their land. So when they leave Israel near Bethlehem, they probably rented out their inheritance, Elimelech's mm-hmm. um, inheritance. They, they would rent out the land to pay for the trip. Uh, so somebody who had money during the famine time would have just paid them for that so that they could go. But it's probably at this point that they're starting to run out of money. Um, You have to mortgage everything pretty much in order to do this. And so it's actually at this point after the dad dies and the sons die that they start having a conversation about wanting to come back. And in that, uh, referenced when I was talking about it in the sermon, that's actually one of the first points we see of a major act of righteousness Hmm. occur. It's when Ruth wants to, is willing, and she's so upset um, because she wants to go with Naomi to go back. Uh, and Naomi, <laughs> which she's probably right to do this, is trying to convince her not to. Yeah, trying to give her every reason in the book not to. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we have to think, too, that Ruth is also a widow at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, she has her own loss. And so... Uh, you know, but once again, I, I don't think Naomi probably would have been the funnest person to be around. She changes her name later on to mean bitterness. And, um, although I didn't get the chance to reference that, that's what happens. And she probably wasn't the life of the party. Oh, Anybody that bye. changes their name to bitterness is probably uh, yeah. having a hard time looking at life in a good, good way. For right? sure. I mean, we want to be understanding, but if you're around that 24 seven, yeah. probably is going to be difficult. Even if they had a different perspective uh, on the slightest thing, they probably got into it more often than not. I mean, these two women had to walk back from Moab all the way to Israel, to Bethlehem. That is a huge walk on their own. On their own. In the heat. Yeah, I was thinking, um, Naomi probably wasn't bitter like that when the boys were alive, when the mm-hmm. husband was alive, and that life has a way sometimes of either this is cliche but it's so true mm-hmm. it, of making us better or bitter oh for sure yeah. for sure uh, i i want to be understanding towards her but mm-hmm. i also want to be uh i want to commend ruth for her willingness to yes. do this yes um to give up everything and to actually go to a land where she while there was levitical law that she should have been treated well in israel 
she probably wasn't treated that well all the time. She was an outsider. Mm-hmm. And we're talking, this is happening within the first generation of, of or the first generation living in the land of Israel to sure. be born. Right. Um, Boaz, it's believed that he, he's a character later on, and he's believed to be the son of Rahab. So, I mean, this is a time when that, when Israel uh, living in Canaan is just, there is just conflict after conflict you after know, conflict. You know, I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. They would be first generation of living in the land. Mm-hmm. I just had not thought about it like that. That's a great thought. Yeah, which is even crazier that in this story is that they're living in the time of when we almost mythological uh, mm-hmm. people. So we have the story of Gideon occurring. Uh, Samuel occurs maybe a couple decades after them. Sure. Uh, Samson. The story of Samson occurs within yeah. uh, maybe one or two generations from them. Yes. Um, it is a crazy time. All this stuff is happening. God is at work. And yet this story is about people, average people that, uh, you know, I reference this. There's no miraculous fleece or, you no. know, all of these, you know, big conquest stories and stuff. It's literally just a woman and her daughter-in-law. So they, they make the long trek back. Mm-hmm. And uh, here, that famous passage, Ruth says, hey, I'm going where you go. I sleep where mm-hmm. you sleep. Uh, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Mm-hmm. What, what a tremendous uh, spirit about her. Oh, yeah. And contrasted with kind of where Naomi is in her spirit. Mm-hmm. And so they make the trip back. And um, so what do they do from there? What? Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Well, there's lots that happens after that. I, I do want to point out real quick that from this is my own interpretation from my studying, though, but a lot of times people interpret what you just said there, that passage of mm-hmm. my God will be your God as a major, you know, uh, moment for Yahweh. And then, the, and, you know, Ruth basically in our minds, like becomes a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. I think she honestly says that stuff, though, out of love for Naomi. Oh, I would think so. Which shows, though, the importance of. Yeah of what family relationships can do for helping people to get closer to God or to come to the understanding of God or accepting God. Good point. It's almost part and parcel with this situation. She is willing to go the distance with her mother-in-law and Mm -hmm. as a result of that, take on the faith of her God. I mean, that is, I I feel like it adds more to the story looking at it that way than just it's huge. God is God. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, sometimes you'll see a spouse take on the, the church or whatever f- yeah. that their other that their spouse has, but this is different than that. This is a mother-in-law, mm-hmm. and she's willing to take on. She's willing to change her whole life and culture, and embrace something entirely new. Oh yeah! Wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. Wow. I mean, my example was you know in-laws today were kind of hard-pressed to spend time with them and it's a little that's a little harsh but it's i think that's the reality i mean i grew up as a kid hearing that as being what people struggle with mm-hmm. so um and maybe not all the time are they wrong in that struggle but it's it's really uh, it's a great story um great example for how we should look at life a bit but anyways they, so they, they go back to bethlehem and they end up starting to have uh, ruth has encounters with a guy named boaz and boaz takes care of it goes way above and beyond what he's required to but we also see a part where naomi uh i didn't get once again the chance to reference this but she really embraces her bitterness at this point before yes. she before ruth encounters boaz and has you know starts walking out the kingsman redeemer yeah. principle and and uh, 
Naomi changes her name, doesn't she? She changes her name. And, and something that I wish I had the opportunity to say was that we have to really understand that Naomi is struggling here. But to put it bluntly, Naomi has a bad theology about God. She has a bad understanding of God. And while that is the blunt way to say it, it's understandable. Mm-hmm. I mean, she has no idea about Jesus. She has no idea about uh, the Psalms yet even. Mm-hmm. She has no idea about all these different passages which convey not the vengeance of God, but the love of God. They are literally living in a time where nobody has written about those things. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably have only learned even about the law just verbally. Right. Uh, it's not written down more than likely at this time besides yeah. in the temple Good area. Thought. So... I say that because when I was studying the book of Ruth, I was looking at some different sermons that people have written and different mm-hmm. thoughts. And sometimes they, they, people full out will just say it was, you know, um, Naomi lost her family cause she disobeyed God and she, she left Israel while they were only just looking for food. They were trying to feed their family. Yeah. And I would argue that I think that that's once again, poor theology. I don't think that's how God is. You know, he says later on that he would, um, you know, he wishes that no wicked person would even perish. So what about those who are, you know, part of God's family at that time? Yeah, I've, that, heard, right? I've heard guys preach uh, that Elimelech and his family left God's will and they went into mm-hmm. Moab, the place of sin. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's a real stretch to preach a passage. Oh, for sure. Right? I mean, we see Israel potentially having the famine that they experienced because they, did, were, they weren't faithful to God. Right. So they're living in a world that's not faithful to God. Yeah. And if anything, I think we see the principle of, you know, God works uh, out for the good of those who he calls and he loves with the story of how Boaz comes into the picture. That's truth, healthy theology. Boaz is the bright spot in, mm-hmm. in the day mm-hmm. uh, for Ruth to be able to have somebody that would... Um, uh, as they say down south, take a shining to, you know, yeah. he just, he really wanted her and Naomi to have food mm-hmm. and on purpose tells the the reapers, hey, leave a little extra, leave, yeah. don't take it all. Oh yeah. Wow. He goes above and beyond. I mean, my example is the homeless person who you like, you know, you give money to, then you feed, you give them leftovers and then you give them a job. That's the equivalent yeah. of what Boaz does. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's pretty crazy to the extent he goes to. I mean, he even says, I'll make sure that the guys don't bug you in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, he's looking out for their safety. Now, in my studies, though, uh, you kind of get the sense that maybe Boaz is older. You know, he's got some difference in age to Ruth. and It does seem to come across that way. Yeah, and while we in our context would go, oh, that's kind of maybe weird, the reality is it's in that time. That's that true. meant safety and yeah. security. But it also makes it so much more important when he's willing to redeem her. Yeah. Because he's he might be at the point in his life where he's going even, I don't know if I can have kids. Mm-hmm. And he is willing to give up the, the, his namesake for his firstborn son, that's what they would have looked for, um, to uh, redeem Malon's name, not right. his own. So he, he does this kind of thing. And it is crazy to think about. Um, He's willing to do that. He's not for his own namesake. I mean, the other guy who's closer in line yes. says, oh, I'm, he kind of seems like he's interested. And then when he realizes, no, the, the part and parcel is you got to marry Ruth. You got to provide an heir. 
you have to give up your name for the sake of that Malon who died. Yeah, my guess goes, is, no. <laughs> yeah, this this other kinsman redeemer probably is pretty settled in life and. Oh, he wanted the land. He didn't want the responsibility. He didn't want the responsibility and um, probably was older and already been down that road. Didn't didn't mm-hmm. want babies in the house. And, yeah, it could be right. So. And and that's why I you know in my opinion, the way that Boaz walks out righteousness, it's. While it seems different in some ways than Ruth's, um, in a nutshell, though, they both give up their rights, what mm. they're, what they're, what they have a right to. So yeah. Ruth could stay in the land and live fine. Actually, some rabbis think that she's royalty in Moab, and uh, there's actually this whole thing that they think that Orpha is uh, becomes a, dis- uh, a descendant of um, Goliath, whereas Ruth becomes a descendant of uh, David. Which is well, it makes for good preaching. I it guess. does make for good preaching. That's about it. But you can't really <laughs> prove it. But um, it's just this interesting uh, development of their character and how they both essentially give up their rights to be righteous. Or the way I like to put it is, you have to give up your rights to right the wrong of someone else. Hmm. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a good way to put it. So it's yeah. And so from. From this beautiful story of redemption, mm-hmm. um, I think Naomi finds joy in her older life. She does, yeah. Uh, and Ruth uh, is able to um, have children, probably mm-hmm. something that she didn't have with her first husband. Mm-hmm. No, she couldn't, yeah. And it's not just any family line, is it? No, I mean, this leads down the line to you get... Uh, I forget the other guy's name. It's Obed or something like that. Obed. And, and then mm-hmm. Obed and then Jesse. And Jesse. And then you have King David. Yeah. I mean, which sets up the uh, Davidic uh, line, right? The messianic For, line. Yeah, the messianic line all the way through. And so I'm not surprised yeah. because how extreme Ruth and Boaz's desire is for to show righteousness. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I kind of referenced it this way. It's very infectious yeah. the way that they do it. Uh, in their day and age, right? Yeah, and I think what's cool about it too is uh, the fact that um, Boaz's mom, mm-hmm. um, Rahab. Rahab the harlot uh, <laughs> that we see, and then who is not Jewish, or yeah. you know, and then you've got uh, Ruth who's Moabite, mm-hmm. and yet uh, God in his mm-hmm. graciousness, these folks are in the messianic line mm-hmm. uh, of the Savior. It's, being born. It's an ongoing conversation that we got to be aware of is that God will use any willing heart. Yes. It doesn't matter if we include them in the circle or not, if yeah. they're a good person or not. Yeah. He'll use them. I mean, the heroes of faith are pretty deplorable people somewhat yeah. that we read about in Hebrews, but they, I think God truly loves them because of their faith, mm-hmm. their, their willingness to step out, right? Faith means a lot to our Father, and uh, I think Mm -hmm. it's just a great lesson for us as we wrap this up today, Mm -hmm. that we have this beautiful story of righteousness and redemption right there in the Old Testament. And um, if you haven't read Ruth for a while... I, I just, it's it's just, what, four chapters, I think, isn't it's, it? It's just enough to replace TV. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, read read the book of Ruth and take your time reading it. Take it in as a story mm-hmm. uh, for what it is. And there's just so much good in it. Oh, so much. I mean, I even referenced how it's it goes part and parcel with the Beatitudes, that story. Yes. It's so much on point with it. Oh, Spend good. time in it. Soak it up. We need it today. We need righteous people today. 
We do. I need to learn to be more righteous. I mean, yeah. Well, hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, Would you uh, continue throughout your week in your everyday context to just keep following Jesus, seek him and uh, ask him for his guidance as you pursue righteousness this week. And he will be more than happy to lead and guide. God bless.